Some time ago, I began shaving my body, nearly every inch, even my head. Even though I am now found with some facial hair, with great astonishment, confusion, even some amusement, I have often been asked, why? Is that some type of preference? Is it some fashion statement? Is it even a condition? The answer to these and like questions is always the same. No. After countless surgeries as well as organ failure and cancer, my body is riddled with scars. I used to cover, got good at covering rather, these scars in the most effective and efficient manner available. Never turning my back to anyone because it would show more of some of the scars. Great care and a lot of thought, work and effort went into hiding or minimizing these scars. It was not that I was embarrassed. No, it was something more, something hidden and fundamental and permanent that I hid my scars. We look, we look to admire, even mythicize those who travel the roads of life without incurring any scars, symbolizing for us, however subtle, the strength and a level or a state of quote unquote betterness over others including ourselves. If you do not believe me, look to how much effort is placed in editing who we are on social media, how much time, effort, and money is spent on correcting flaws and covering scars. The question is, obviously, why? I think we want to be recognized as strong, as beautiful, and believing like many of us do that scars and flaws reveal in our minds they diminish to the world that beauty and strength we want to be recognized for. We rather standardize our looks, our thoughts, and our beliefs, not merely for the purpose of being included, but to illustrate and resemble that strength and beauty, as socially recognized, is possessed by one. And such qualities come to us if we only edit ourselves, covering and minimizing both scars and flaws. We then come to live edited lives, not just in terms of appearance, but thought as well. I mean, look how quickly people conform to an idea out of fear and security, that their uniqueness is somehow a scar to be covered or concealed or a flaw to be corrected for. Let me explain this idea of an edited life a bit more. The simple question exists, whether we spend an exceedingly disproportionate amount of time, effort, or thought on editing, not on who we are, that requires much more than some neat and rule-centered edits, but who we are, or rather who we resemble, how we are perceived, thought of, even how we are to be recognized, giving over then the power we should have in the world and in our lives to others. That is, the strength and power we possess only exists in the lessons we have learned, the foundational changes we are willing to make, and the openness we have to the world. However, we are now in the editing process, willing and wanting, out of both necessity and ignorance, to give away, reaching then a point where we find ourselves to be powerless, dependent, and of course, edited. The more constructive, healthy, indeed difficult and messy change we make and ought to make to ourselves and to our lives, the better in such change is found in the editing process. But today's editing process is itself chiefly aimed at acquiring fame, honor, acceptance, and wealth, and so forth. Rather, such fundamental change is possible through authentic, honest, and beautiful work to accept who we are in our relationships in order to be open to the change the world makes in us, not for any type of recognition, but rather to grow our roots into the human condition, 
connecting each of us with greater benefit to the human mind and spirit. Every relationship, particularly the one with our with oneself, will improve, becoming more beautiful, true, and happy. Perhaps two examples will provide some clarity, one from nature and the other from an activity I started recently. First, an example from nature. The destructive editing process we engage in, one that is calculating and intensely becoming more efficient to hopefully minimize, in our heads, entropy, comes to occupy all we do and who we are. To achieve the goal of socially constructed, personally reinforced standard of being, recognized, and the lens to recognize the other through, we spend more of our time with the editing process, but this is unnatural. Take, for example, the oak tree and pine tree, the rose and dandelion, or the lion and the fox. These trees plant animals, like all trees plant animals, in fact, like all living things, except, say, the modern man, change out of the need to survive. It is natural, instinctual, oftentimes inefficient. More specifically, trees and plants rely on gravity, the wind, and other creatures to reproduce and spread their seeds. I thought as a child how inefficient it was to see thousands, if not millions of seeds go unused in the sense that they are literally wasting away. I know the tree does not think like me, nor the rose, but I thought there had to be a better, more efficient way. But then I thought nature is in summation a beautiful, efficient, and effective work of art. The beauty in nature lies in the inefficiencies that allow each actor to adapt. And here is the key difference between nature and modern man. Unlike entities in nature, which learn and evolve out of necessity and survival, modern man does, does so for recognition. And as such, modern man no longer has courage to suffer, to acquire scars, or the signs of strength and survival. Rather, we see scars as being signals of being lower, having a harder life, less than in terms of comparisons. Unlike nature, rather nature's actors that change substantively and subtly, being better prepared and capable of taking root in more difficult of circumstances, modern man is found lost and tragic, increasingly finding himself in difficult, uncertain, and risky times. And seeking recognition, man becomes soft, conflictual, and short-tempered, seeking out problems not necessarily to solve, but to be recognized as knowing, thereby raising his social status. Second, I've recently begun to record a podcast and YouTube videos. If you knew me, this is not like me at all. Countless times I have heard, mostly from myself, the need to edit these recordings. The reason for the edits, the rationale behind doing edits, is to remove noise, weird utterances, distractions, tics, pregnant pauses, and lapses of thought. But I've learned that if I edit these, I was less inclined to learn how to correct for them, to change at the moment, the action steps, and thoughts themselves. Instead, what I was doing in the editing process was seeking to obtain some finished, polished, edited product, becoming, as a result of the editing process itself, less real, truthful, and authentic. But haven't we had enough of that? That is, how much time, effort, and thought is geared towards covering, changing, minimizing faults, not for our own peace of mind or growth or even survival, but for the recognition of being good, even great, certainly better than others. In the end, we are never able to take root in the hardest environments because all we do is edit. 
a tragedy of importance since it is oftentimes the hardest environments that are the most rewarding and useful. However, what we want and expect is to exist only in good, rich soil, even though it is loose and shifting, easily swept away at the sign of the even the softest of winds, because in our edited lives we learn that our roots are shallow as they are frail. As such, do not edit. Do not edit your lives. Live unedited, deep-rooted lives, driven by the openness to change and armed with the courage to do so. As far as shaving my body, I began shaving after I engaged in a scar contest with kids going through cancer, each embarrassed by their scars. Show them off, I stated. Be proud of your unedited lives. Show the courage and the strength those scars highlight. And why I shaved my head, I was asked. Simple. Not all scars are physical. Thank you.